What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Ask LFC podcast. My name is Harrison Gilming. Good to be with you guys. Sitting here with Mike Moses, lead pastor of Lake Forest Church. Today's episode is about what do we mean by missional living or living on mission that we've been talking about for a couple of Sundays. What do we mean by that? But first, we want to welcome each of you back. We took July off, I believe, in taking a very different rhythm for a good part of the summer, uh, even as you continue to work full-time. To even take a rhythm, I encourage our staff to take a rhythmic change, to, to speak back to your own self that you're, you're, you're at a different pace in the heart of summer. I took extra vacation. Uh, so welcome back to our Ask LFC podcast listeners. And Harrison Gilmey, welcome back from three months of sabbatical. Thank you. It was fantastic, but it is uh, it is great to be back. It was uh, a wonderful gift and opportunity. We've been so thankful to Lake Forest and to the pastors and and elders. And uh, it, we had a, a wonderful summer with our family to take time to unplug and uh, recharge and travel a little bit and uh, just just take a just like you're talking about but on a larger scale is just such a uh, a healthy and good and right thing uh, for me and, and my family to to uh, take a break and, and see what God is saying and doing and we are recharged and ready to roll back. I wish that each of you were able to work in a workplace that is attempting to employ kingdom of God values. And so we, we see that rest is not only a weekly thing, not only an annual thing, but there's almost a decadal rhythm. And that's the mm-hmm. every seven years sabbatical that we grant to anyone who has that kind of longevity with us. And I wish you all had it, but uh, you benefit from healthier longevity and healthier vitality in our long-term staff. Uh, as they minister to all of us. Okay, give us give us at least one interesting detail. Sure. Of sure. something you did. Yeah, no. Um well there were uh, there were a couple neat things I did. I'll give you uh, the the uh, abbreviated version, but um like I mentioned I had a couple opportunities to travel uh a, a few places one to Denver, Colorado with uh me and my wife Emily, which was no uh, kids, baby. No kids. It was fantastic. Just days of hiking up big giant mountains and trails and all the stuff that my my kids would be complaining after about 20 minutes that their their feet hurt I'd have a four-year-old on my shoulders in 10,000 feet of altitude it would not be a good look for anyone uh that was fantastic and then I also had an opportunity uh to have some really good conversations with uh some other people who are in the field that I am in who are in the creative and worship arts side of churches. And I particularly uh, tried to talk to some folks who are at churches that are uh, that that are staff size, church size, what they're doing and what I've seen in their music and their production way things that I would consider like, you know, I like what they're doing. And I think there's some things about Mm -hmm. that that I aspire to. And I kind of, I wanted to kind of go into the kitchen and ask the chefs like, Hey, how do you make that special sauce? (laughs) You know, give me the ingredients to it. And I was able to, uh, to, to really take some time and have 
some some great conversations with some folks about how to get better at doing what we do. So that was uh, that was really energizing as well. I love that you built that into your sabbatical and look forward to how that bears fruit for mm-hmm. us. Uh, we have always had a value here as pastors and staff at Lake Forest that we don't uh, we like what we're doing at Lake Forest and we're we're living out the unique personality and DNA of of how the spirits made our church. But we always want to be humble and learn from what is the Holy Spirit doing through mm-hmm. other leaders in our generation um, in churches of all sizes. And so when if a staff member comes to me and pitches an idea for something new or here's how we're going to do this, I'll say, okay, um, and can you give me a quick review of really the best practices in, in the field of churches like us? And if their answer is, well, I don't know what other people are doing on this ministry issue, then I'll say, please come back and uh, and present this idea again in dialogue with what the, the best of what's being done elsewhere. So Harrison, I yeah. appreciate that you did that, uh, and I, I look forward to hearing more about it. I really do. So we're also, with your return, we are picking up from a pause of the Ask LFC podcast. That is right. We are ready, and we are geared up. It's been, I mean, we've mentioned this a dozen times on here, but uh, for both uh, Mike and I, it's just been really neat seeing over the past year and change, um, just just hearing from folks about how this has been a different kind of way to connect in a medium that this is our, our first real uh, foray into. So we've been enjoying it. We've heard from some folks that they've been enjoying it. So it's just kind of a little wind back in our sails. We want to encourage you guys, the listeners, to know like, hey, we're we're back and we're rolling. We're going to keep uh, new episodes coming your way all throughout the fall. And just as a caveat, the uh, we have not said this in a while, and I'd love to say this, uh, start saying this again. Also, I'm from curious stage what a couple you're about times, to start saying again. But uh, as our as our title of our podcast implies, we do have an email address set up uh, that is asklfc at lakeforest.org. and from time to time. Uh, Mike and I have really enjoyed doing some episodes without any real direction other than like, Hey, we got some cool questions in from some, yes. some folks in our church. So if, uh, if that strikes you during, uh, during a, a, a service or anytime, shoot us an email and we will have, uh, some episodes that are just dedicated to hitting your questions. We love that. We, we mm-hmm. love your feedback. We love your suggestions. Uh, we love your gentle corrections as well. <laughs> um, I had a meet up this summer with a uh, young couple who just joined our church. They started visiting during the pandemic online, uh, came in person sometimes, completed Welcome 101 online, and they made an appointment with me just to, hey, get to know my senior pastor. And uh, they said it had been super helpful for them to listen all the way back to our beginning podcast, and they said it was also a really interesting time capsule that's of true. the onset of the pandemic huh. and uh, adjustment of life and yeah. church. I thought that was interesting, so maybe hmm. one day I'll go back, <laughs> no, if I ever want to relive in real time. So yeah. today, we're in uh, this little in-between time in our sermon series of the whole Bible and whole year. We're calling these first three weeks of August, Prepare the Way. And they are a transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And this week, although we did uh, hear from Jesus, his temptation in the wilderness, we're really 
um, bridging into the New Testament. And prepare the way is also, um, uh, that's something that John the Baptist was sent to do for Jesus. And this coming week, we'll look at him. But it's, it's a role for all of us. And prepare the way is a biblical phrase that I think could stand in for on mission living or missional living. Hmm. When we live as a Christian and we understand that even in the middle of all of life, I'm preparing the way for other people to uh, know Jesus hmm. through just through how I live my life and interact with people. I'm preparing the way through uh, for God to make all things new and redeem things that are broken in this sinful world through the work that I do through my involvement in acts of healing of creation or tears in the fabric of human society or an individual human being. Uh, And so we're calling this On Mission Living, and it's been for a couple Sundays. And I thought um, today we would would get a little bit at the question. Harrison, every time we talk about this, even in worship planning or in our staff, like, uh, okay, being on the mission of God is so much more than going on a mission trip or the one-time event of our Christmas Village toy store. Those are awesome. Or, or um, uh, right, volunteering with one of our mission partners. That's what we all think of first, and and it is awesome. Like, that's... Uh, and then we're like, oh, no, but it's living on mission every day. And then we struggle to say, well, what? does that mean in my work or in my house or in my engagement with media? Because um, to say, well, the mission of God is all of life is to say a lot, or it could be to say nothing. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, just um, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I just walk around, and that's the mission. Of God. Like, it could be a really big definition, or it could be a meaningless definition. Especially when uh, a lot of us, I, I, I mean, I think all of us at some point, but we we really can break up our lives into segments, right? Like there's the work, there's the work me, there's a church me, there's a with my spouse, there's a with my kids, and and uh, all of them can be a little bit of like a, you, you feel like you have to wear a totally different hat or even mm-hmm. be a different, maybe not even on purpose, but you you know, you go in on Monday morning and you're, you're, you're probably going in with a different mindset than when you're walking into church on Sunday morning. And, and the ideal is to be an integer. Do you remember that name, that word from math? I do. Back in school. Mm -hmm. An integer is a whole number, right? Is to be an integrated and a whole number person where, um, all the aspects of, me, a lover of Jesus, a lover of my wife, in my case, <laughs> uh, a et cetera, et cetera, or I'm a whole person and the same person in every context, every role of my life. Hmm. If you list out, think of the roles or the hats that that you wear. So this this last Sunday, I shared the sermon with Maria Furlow. I've never done a tag team sermon before. That was kind of trippy. It was like the old uh, what what was that? Walk This Way video, Run DMC and Aerosmith. You remember that? <laughs> Which one were you in this scenario? Were you the Run DMC or the Aerosmith? Well, with most people, I would consider myself the Run DMC to somebody uh. else's Aerosmith. But because Maria Furlow, 
our former mission director and a Bible teacher in her own right, she shared the sermon with me. She was wearing some pretty sick Air Jordans. Mm. I think that means she was Aerosmith. I mean, Run DMC. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and uh, me being the older white guy, you know, Aerosmith was getting along in age by the time of that video. So I think mm. that's that's... Anyway, in our back and forth, our rap rock sermon... Uh, Maria and I brought out the fact that, okay, we're getting ready to talk about Jesus for most of the fall. And it's like we love learning about celebrating Jesus' mission of love to redeem the world and, and looking at every facet of that. But th- this Prepare the Way series is to get us ready to also view it. at. But, but Jesus at the same time said, as the Father sent me, so, likewise, do I send you. Um, that's a pretty big statement. Hmm. And then Maria did a nice job of, of just, she just put together on screen all at once. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill. You're a lamp up on a stand that gives light to a big area. Uh, you are salt of the earth. Like, all these things, Jesus like he piled metaphor upon metaphor to to what does it mean to live a life as though we are sent on mission from him and what i'd like to do is out of engagement with a material of an author that i really appreciate in this i'd like to give everyone four things that it means to follow jesus into on mission or missional living in the 21st century. So, so I just want to give these as handholds. Awesome. Th- this is out of a, a, a book and material and website by an author named Scott Sauls. Uh, he's an InterVarsity Press author. He thinks about these kind of things. And I just thought his summation might be helpful. It was helpful for me. So I'm going to pass it along to you, Harrison, and to our Ask LFC podcast listeners wonderful (laughs) so four ways that the local church collectively and individual christians can follow jesus into on mission living or missional living in the 21st century and the first one is is the one that you would expect most (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and that's following jesus into and out from worship like all on mission living like you can read some books or listen to stuff about being a missional Christian that that almost goes to this opposite direction. It it's so about being tactile in the everyday world throughout the week that it over downplays the fact that this missional living starts with worship and it leads to more worship, both personally and with the larger body of Christ. Um in, in the same way that in James, the older brother of Jesus, and he writes the book of James toward the end of the New Testament, he talks about faith without works is dead. And a lot of the, the teaching on missional living is about the, the works part. Man, let's get out there and do the stuff. Scatter that salt around. Don't glom it all up on Sunday because too much salt in one pile kills stuff. Hmm. But a little bit, of, or it makes your steak really bad. <laughs> but spread that stuff around. Um and that's an incredible emphasis. Um, but the, in the same way, works separated from active trust in the person of Jesus. 
that's dead too. Hmm. Like that's just uh, dead morality. Um, and so entering into the mission of Jesus means that we enter it out of a place of his rest, uh, where we rest in him in worship weekly and daily. And, and so to, really, I mean, honestly, the way to become like Jesus daily, to be the light on the hill, to be on, sent by the Holy Spirit the way he is sent, is it, it's, it's first of all personal worship daily, being with Jesus daily, and ordinary, common spiritual practices. This is not rocket science, uh, and yet the repetition of it over time develops us into Olympic-level spiritual persons. Mm. Practices like Bible reading, prayer, one-anothering with our community. I'm so thankful for our community group. I don't know how people really become fully formed disciples of Jesus outside of regular committed community. I know uh, you guys, uh, I know your community group will be happy to have you back. Um, Because apart from Jesus, uh, we can do nothing, Mm. he said. And we encounter him in worship and scripture, prayer, and community. And so... Um, just that's the first part of missional living. I think we all sort of presume that, though. That's probably, mm-hmm. th- that's not the part when people are like, but what do you mean, man? What is on mission living all day, every day? We probably presume that first one. Yeah. But, but, but still, it must be said. Um, this is like the don't throw the baby out with the bathwater statement Yeah. when it comes to missional living. So first of all, we follow Jesus into and then out again from worship. Second, here's now where we get to a little more specific actions. We follow Jesus into the world through public faith. We own our faith publicly. This does not mean preaching on a corner, although, th- hey, if that's your spiritual gift and calling, you go, you mm-hmm. go do that, and you do that well. Um, I almost do that, <laughs> uh, but I don't. Following Jesus into the world through public faith is Saul's statement here. Um, We're called to follow him into the world as an expression of our worship. We carry heaven's DNA. Ephesians 1 says that if you're in Christ, you have every spiritual blessing in Hmm. the universe. And we want to carry that into all the places where we live, work, and play. Um, And and there's a, a few ways that Saul says this plays out. One is just in public forums and conversations, like maybe sponsored by the church or others, just conversations or public forums in living rooms, public spaces, just talking about things that matter to us, When we're whether we're just talking with friends or neighbors uh, who don't believe as we do, whether I'm hanging out on the, the 16th hole of the golf course and something comes up, um, do I abdicate and not speak? of how the grace, beauty, and love of Jesus may play into something. Hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, this is on subjects like sexuality, race, class issues, uh, family-related concerns. Um, I had a really awesome parenting conversation about what it means to be a father in a particular stage of life with a young man that was thrown into me, in with me on the golf course. We had a really, this was like a, a public example of being so, I don't think I ever used the word Jesus, Harrison. Hmm. But this was a young father who was struggling in an area, and we just had a. I didn't try to say I know everything. I hope, um, but we just had a great discussion about a particular aspect of parenting. 
Um, you know, the, this public forums and conversations, an example, are uh, the youth of Lake Forest, which, which we call, um, what we call it? Remix. Mm-hmm. Just got back from a camp, which was a bit COVID risky, uh, but the spiritual fruit of it has been powerful. But one of the things they did, this is an example. So there's a bunch of kids at camp. I, we sent over 100 and precious leaders. But what I loved hearing from Cammie yesterday is that the camp took a whole evening. So this is a public forum. Of course, kids knew they were at a Christian camp, but still. They publicly acknowledged the increased levels of anxiety and depression among teenagers hmm. today. There was... Happened before the pandemic, but has been... Uh, Amplified. And- and, yes, yeah. Um, and they just spent a whole night saying, we know this is happening. There's nothing wrong with you. And Cammy said that she saw teenagers who never, who are either new to Remix or never, re- like, all in, open up and ask a leader to pray with them. Like, their hands up in the air, uh, letting tender places in their heart be revealed. I thought that was a great example of addressing something in a public space Mm. in a missional way that is not, that's different than a Bible talk on Jesus. Is that, does that make sense? Does that connect a little bit? Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I, and I, and there's a, there's a flip side that's resonating in my mind as you're talking about that as well, that we've done whole episodes on this before, but it feels really pertinent right now, which is like, you know, <clears throat> I don't have, I don't have a pastor in front of my title, but I'll, I'll get semi-pastoral for a minute. Cause some of y'all no, um, <laughs> man, this, the stuff talking about a public forum that, uh, that you see people who say they're Christ followers posting on social media, like we've talked about, it's the same as standing up on on the stage at our church and just shouting those things you're typing at the top of your lungs. Wow. And yes. And uh man, what a what a place that we have a lot of room for growth together as Christ followers. I'll lump us all in. We'll just we'll just we'll take the good and the bad with everybody and say we can do better on it to engage in those public spaces as people who are filled with the grace and truth yes. of Jesus. And I'm like, man, think if you could, you could imagine that crazy hurtful thing you just said to someone coming out of the mouth of Jesus. I want to think sometimes and reply to people, but you yeah. know, it's, it's a, uh, that, that's a, a, a blinking red light. Yeah. I was thinking of, as you were talking about this as well. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a really good thing to pull into here because that is public forum and we're either a city on a hill or we're uh, spreading sewage. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should be thoughtful about that. Uh, another aspect to following Jesus into the world through public faith is, um, I, I, here's a good idea, um, being intentional, thoughtful, and creative about being the quote-unquote first responders mm. wherever there are opportunities in my sphere of influence to extend the kindness love, support, and hope that Jesus did to people who were hurting, lonely, alone, or feeling ashamed. This is what I think of on my cul-de-sac. You know the people who are the coolest first responders, Harrison? When there's a need of any... We have a little Facebook... uh, We have an instant message little thing with all of our neighbors. Uh, We do get-togethers. But um, whenever there's a need on our cul-de-sac of anybody... um, 
there's this young couple on our block who are really neat Christians, and they jump on it. They this this word first responders, they are the public uh, on mission for Christ, and everybody knows they're Christian. They're not obnoxious about it, but they're the first people to be like, "Yeah, we'll get your paper while you're out of town," or, "Oh, we heard this about." You were so sorry. Here's here's a little. Um, uh, I have I have a thing that their little six year old daughter drew for me in crayons because of something that happened, and and uh, and they just wanted to say we love you mm-hmm. and we're thinking of you. I think being a first responder like that in your neighborhood with people at work when there's when someone something busts loose in someone's life is a way of public faith of being on mission for Jesus. There's a guy that, um, that I grew up with. His name is Mike. We grew up together down in South Florida. Um, one of my better friends, he's just one of the guys you ride around and do stupid stuff with and get slurpees and be a teenager with. Um, it, so my friend, Mike, he works in insurance. He's a, he's not a okay. church staff member guy. He's a regular guy. The last five or six years, especially God's just been doing a ton of stuff in his life and kind of um, kind of changing him. He's been engaged in worship. He's, he's been trying to live this out. So my friend, Mike, uh, a number of months ago, Mike, I don't know if you remember seeing on the news, there was a condo building, uh, in a city right North of Miami called Surfside beach. And this condo building collapsed. Um, and almost 200 people were, were killed in this collapse. Um, one of those people was my friend Mike's grandmother. Really, she was lost in this tragedy, and he, he was there right when it happened. He was he was present and around. So another one of my friends sends me this text a couple of days after, and they're like, "Dude, look at this! It was a seven minute interview on CNN of my friend Mike, and almost the entire content was Mike talking about how his faith in Christ is is." giving him his confidence that even though he knows he will not see his grandmother again here, that God has a purpose even in this. And I'm like, dude, this is like, this is just my yeah. buddy, Mike. And yeah. he's on, you know, That's- God's, God's doing stuff in the background. So this moment came and of all the family members, people they could ask, he was there and ready. And he used his platform to really be of uh, a, a, a salt and light. Yeah. And it was awesome. <laughs> That is super encouraging. And that's being following Jesus into public faith, living on mission. Uh, you know, you could also talk about this as hospitality, uh, opening up our church, our homes. I think of this, Harrison, the way we do this as a church is we've been very intentional through the Immeasurably More campaign and all of our generosity to turn our campus into a hospitable place to the community. That's not, hey, just... you. We only invite you here when we're going to shout about Jesus to you. But here's this co-working space, this coffee space that has, oh my gosh, I was in here Saturday morning for elder retreat. I couldn't believe how many, we had to kick people out, clear a room to have an elder retreat. It was full of people from the community, almost none of whom recognized me. So they're receiving this. So we've made our space public the same way we have our preschool. I love it when I see... Uh, local gyms and and personal coaches up in our parking lot working at we've just made this space available for anyone we're gonna 
increasingly seek to upgrade our worship center and make it more of an arts venue that's third space that the community considers. Hmm. We haven't come up with a name for it yet, Harrison. This, this is just the art space when you need a venue that can have up to a thousand people. That's a way to be on mission through public faith. Uh, so when Hopewell softball had their team banquet here, that was public faith. We were just being hospitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the name of Jesus. We didn't have to say Jesus. They know who we worship. Okay, there's mm-hmm. two more. So missional living, uh, for living on mission, is following Jesus into and out from worship. Number two was following Jesus through public faith, into the world through public faith. The third one is following Jesus into the world through the integration of faith and work. Um, most people, and there's some of you who are retired, there are some of you who your work is homemaking. Um, almost all of us spend the majority of our waking hours working, as some of us is volunteer, some of it's paid. And it's really important to see work or vocation as a calling from God and to see the workplace as a primary realm, not a secondary one, for following Jesus and loving the world. And what do we mean by this? Well, I really, Saul's gives two ideas here. Scott Saul's again, we're leaning into today. And I hope this is helpful for you, my friends. First is, how do we, how do we live on mission for Jesus at work? Well, first is just affirming that all creative work, any work that takes raw material and makes something new for the benefit of the world and the human community. And in the case of your friend Mike, who's in insurance, the raw material there is capital, or the raw, I don't know how you would say this with insurance, it, it's, 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 you can't quite touch it, mm-hmm. but it's taking something that didn't exist before and putting a backstop into people's lives so that they're more peaceful about how they live because if something bad happens, they have good insurance that they paid a right amount for, and they trust the insurance company is going to treat them in a humane way should something go bad and not try to to cheap them out, but they're in it for the right motives. That is affirming that all creative work honors God is an expression of God's creativity through the people who bear his image. God created and it was good. Any little bit of work you do to create an orderly household, any bit of work you do to create order in a child as they're growing up, you're giving moral and discipline order and etc any creative work you do in in for the bank whomever that creates something that's good for human community that is this is almost to the point harrison that i said earlier if you define living on mission as so big it's almost nothing but that is living on mission Mm. for jesus when you're consciously living out the image of of our creator god because there's a kind, there is a kind of work, um, you know, to, to use the same example of my friend, Mike, you know, there's good and bad people out there, but there's a way to do the kind of work that he does in a way that is, that is not building up, that That's is right. not helping, uh, the helping others that it just seeks to, to take advantage, tear down and destroy. And there's a way to do his exact job, either in a way that is Christ-like, that is, that is, uh, 
mirroring God's creative works. And there's a way to do it that just says, you know, I'm just going to look out for number one and do what I want to do. There's a ministry partner here who serves in ministry here at Lake in uh, one of our ministries really sacrificially. But his job is, I, I don't know what the title is, but essentially for one or more apartment complexes, he is the building guy. Hmm. Something goes wrong in your apartment or in the larger plant, physical plant, he's on it. And I've heard him talk about how he does his work in a way that is uh, creation-affirming. It is, uh, you know, God created us to inhabit this planet and to be a hospitable place for us. And he sees his work as serving people, as touching, you know, not how quick can I fix this and mm-hmm. get in and out, but as uh, people feeling like they live in a place that cares for them, to treat them humane, with dignity. And he, he's able to see such purpose. That's living on mission. Um, it's also living on mission at work to affirm that all, I like this phrase, all redemptive work is an expression of God's redeeming grace. Uh, redemptive mm. work is any work that fights decay, that seeks restoration of people, uh, that uh, or restoration of places or restoration of things. That th- any work that participates in any kind of redemptive activity is an expression of God's redeeming grace, um, and it's an expression of. In the book of Romans, Paul tells us that all creation is groaning and eagerly awaiting recreation and fixing of what is broken through the fall uh, and healing what has been wounded. Mm. Uh, Jesus is, the New Testament says, making all things new. And so when any part of our work, when I'm maybe sitting counseling with somebody and there's a little bit of healing in a broken place in their marriage, I see that as oh, that's redemptive work. It, it's more than just the thing itself. I want to, let me bullet point these two because these two little points to me here are worth the, worth the free price of admission on this podcast. <laughs> so listen to this. All creative work is an expression of God's creativity through people that bear his image. That's the first one. And the second one is all redemptive work is an expression of God's redeeming grace also through people who bear his image. Man, that's... Yeah, Ooh, followers of it. Christ, find dignity in your work mm. when you see it through this lens. I hope that work will be labor this side of heaven, and yet it has dignity, and it's part living on mission for Jesus when we see it through those lens. Okay, here's the final uh, aspect of living on mission. Number one uh, was following Jesus into and out from worship, that sets us on mission. Number two is following Jesus through public faith is a life on mission. Number three was following Jesus through the integration of faith and work. And and the final one, just briefly here, Harrison, is following Jesus into the world through mercy and justice. Uh, If you read the scriptures, we say this often at Lake Forest, Jesus calls the poor blessed. He calls the poor in spirit blessed. Jesus gave special attention to the poor, the weak, the underserved, the overlooked, those living on the margins, those being actively oppressed by the the systematic setup of the society of his day. Because of this, and Jesus said, when you do anything for the least of these, you do it for me. Hmm. Uh, as Mother Teresa says, we we find Jesus most cl- in his most distressing face uh, 
which is the face of the poor, when we serve them. Because of that, then to live on mission means to dedicate some of our, the, as the church and as individuals, our time, energy, service, and a portion of our financial resources, resources to mercy and justice efforts. Um, I, I was queried this. I, I posted on Facebook I over the that. weekend um, just a picture of our elders. We had our annual retreat just praying over the church, talking about the state of the church. What a great time. I love our elders. We were in the new facility that's about to open up for uh, Lake Forest Church in Denver under Aaron Gibbs, Pastor Aaron Gibson's leadership. And I just posted a picture of the elders on retreat and mentioned that it was a new church building. And someone who I don't know personally, I don't know my connection, but commented a, a pointed question, and I presumed they meant, oh, you put a bunch of money into a new church building. What does your church do for the homeless? Question mark. And first I got my back up a little bit. And then I was like, that is such a legit question. It is. To ask of any church, especially if you're deploying resources into the kind of facility we have where God's people can gather. I mean, we have to have a place to gather, bro. Uh, We don't live in L.A. where we could meet outside every Sunday and it's 72 degrees and, uh, and and balmy. Yeah. So we have to have a place. It was a legit question. I loved it. And... I answered, you know, there are four, five, six different ways that come to mind immediately of how Lake Forest Church serves the homeless, just that population specifically. But the question was, are we as a church living on mission? Mm-hmm. Can we measure ways where we are proclaiming the name of Jesus, but in the way of Jesus, we're actually serving the poor uh, materially and financially? I, I saw it. I saw that same thing. And my first reaction was the same as yours. And my second one was, you know, without knowing this person, because I don't know them either or anything in the background, I was like, the question itself in a vacuum is a very Jesus-y question. <laughs> Where he's like, it is. it's like, hey, look at this stuff we're doing, which is great. And he's like, okay, well, what are you doing for the poor? And you're like, <laughs> all right, you know, let's let's talk about it. Yeah. And that was great. But, you know, um, one one thing, Mike, that keeps popping into my brain as, as an overarching thing, you mentioned this at the beginning, you talked about salt, as Jesus talked about salt. And I heard this... Uh, this guy who makes a good point every now and again named Tim Keller, pastor of church up in every New York. Now and then every now and again, he says something good. But he said, uh, he's, he was talking about salt. And he said, you know the interesting thing about salt? He said, when, when we're getting together for 4th of July and my, my wife brings a, a tray of corn to the table, no one, not one person ever in history has said, man, how good is that salt? <laughs> <laughs> the point of the salt is to make the corn taste better it's to bring out appeal it's the point man that's good corn that's really it's a true. it's a it's a it's it's an addition to yeah. what christ does the point is not the salt the point is never the salt um and as as christ followers that's the 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 four points that you mentioned this mike if our if, if people are listening carefully they all begin with the same two words following jesus well said and you just pointed out again why in a cheeky sort of way I cannot stand Tim Keller (laughs) everything he says is so on point like that's so great that's I'm joking so this aspect of of living on mission having a measurable aspect of our Angie and I looked at our giving we we dedicate a a, a well over 10% of our annual income to God's purposes in this world through the church and through missions and some years back we were like 
there's not a portion of that that's directly to someone serving the poor. I mean, our, our church serves the poor, so our giving to the church was part of that. But we wanted to redirect that. We wanted to redirect a bit of our serving time to people who are marginalized, and that's why Angie and I got involved in tutoring ministries uh, mm-hmm. for local the local first-generation children of immigrants population who often don't know how to access the educational culture. This is emphasizing in our public ministry the importance of the poor, the weak, the overlooked, the underserved. It's creating intentional supportive space in our community for children and adults with special needs uh, and forming partnerships um, and providing financial support to our cities. Really, who are the people doing the best for mercy and justice organizations in our city? We we partner with Charlotte Rescue Mission that uh, and, and the executive director who's built that into an incredible ministry. It's a jewel in the crown of Charlotte, quite frankly, that is a recovery and retooling program for a homeless adults due to substance abuse. And Tony Marciano does such a great job for our city, He's such a, a, a great leader of our city. Tony himself has said to me, Mike, don't give money to panhandlers. Um, give them something, you know, or access to resources. And I, I, my wife, Angie, one of the ways she lives on mission to serve the poor is she keeps baggies with a little kit of mm. granola and several other things, wet wipes, uh, that because there's an uptick right now of people standing at corners saying, help me. Mm. And my sweet wife, that's one of the ways she lives on mission awesome. uh, to, to be able to tangibly serve. But this is also about justice. And uh, we're out of time here, but we're more comfortable with the mercy side of it. But it's also about justice and advocating for our society to reflect more care for the oppressed and the lost. I, I frankly, just last night, our city approved an ordinance to include the fact that the rights of LGBTQ plus people in our county uh, should be upheld. They should not be discriminated against when it comes to employment or housing. And, you know, I, th- I think that's something that Christians would care about. I, I, it, it would break my heart uh, to think that uh, a class of people are allowed to be pushed down or pushed out of their work or place of residence just because of uh, of that part of who they are, mm-hmm. no matter how they express it. Yeah. Um, so that's on mission, Harrison. Um, th- there's lots of li- ways to live missional as a follower of Jesus, uh, but I hope this is helpful to you and I of how to not just withdraw from culture and be a bunch of salt in a pile. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no one wants a bunch of salt in a pile. <laughs> no. Um, uh, but to live an on-mission life in the places the Holy Spirit's already sent us. Um, I hope this was helpful. I love it. Man, it's good to be back doing the podcast with you, Mike. This was one of my favorite ones. It was really, really fun. Uh, we look forward to being back with you guys here very, very, very soon, more regularly. Love you guys. What's the email address again? Ask LFC at lakeforest.org. Okay, we'd love to hear your questions, yes. your comments. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good.